Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, it is. Although we're also mixing in tennis down under because we have an American in the semifinals. Tommy Paul, unseeded pushed Novak Djokovic to the brink there in the first set, actually coming back to tie him 5-5 and then losing that first set 7-5. But right now has a break point against Novak Djokovic in the second set. So he's game. He started out spraying tennis balls all over the place, shots everywhere. You can imagine there was a ton of adrenaline, a little bit of extra edge, and this is the first time on the stage. So your heart rate, your pulse, they are higher than normal. But as I watch, Watch, and I'm watching while I'm doing the show, but he's painting lines now and winning four games in a row in the first set to get that back to 5-5. Five, five. Uh, that was a huge confidence boost for him. So I love this, love that we've got an American, but obviously Novak Djokovic is a tough out and is clearly the favorite has been since Rafael Nadal was ousted. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We'll keep you updated on that semifinal down under, but Avi, we are also getting you set for what's to come on Championship Sunday. Hear the Niners radio calls with Greg Papa, uh, and then also the Eagles calls with Merrill Reese. One and two are still standing in the NFC. One and three are still standing in the AFC. So this is... Flex your muscles weekend, baby. That's it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle appears to be in really good shape. He was doing spin moves at practice. I wonder if he was doing that for the camera's sake. Uh, But he says it's no longer if he will play. It's just about how much he can do. And the mobility will definitely be a question mark. Uh, The Bengals' offensive line, as well as they played against those Buffalo Bills, they do have three guys who are replacing injured starters. Can they have as strong a performance in the trenches? Now, they dominated Buffalo on both sides. Offensive line, defensive line, can they have that same dominant performance in the trenches? And honestly, that's the question for Nick Sirianni when it comes to the Eagles and the Niners and their NFC champions battle I've been taught from very young that it's O-line D-line O-line D-line O-line D-line O-line D it doesn't matter it doesn't it matter matter if it's my son's peewee game it doesn't matter if it's a high school game it doesn't matter if it's a college game it doesn't matter if it's a program the O-line D-line wins games and it sets the tone and we got a great defensive line we got a great offensive line and not only do we have these pieces in place there we also understand that 
we have backups and we have rotations and guys ready to step in and make plays and guys that have stepped in to make plays. So Nick Sirianni not commenting about AFC, but understanding the significance of winning those battles in the trenches. That's exactly why the Bengals had such a massive advantage, strangely enough, in the snow against that raucous crowd in Orchard Park because from the jump, they were able to dominate and win their individual matchups along the O-line and along the D-line. But can they do that against the Kansas City Chiefs? And if you know that, Patrick Mahomes isn't as mobile, isn't likely to elude the pressure as well. Maybe can he push off on that foot? We'll see. I mean, for right now, they're keeping that under wraps. Um, But that's going to be a huge deal. Can you collapse the pocket and force him to move around, make him as uncomfortable as possible? Maybe by the second quarter, he's feeling it. Maybe his foot is throbbing. Maybe he's not able uh, to get that same explosion and that same push. So those are some huge questions, obviously. And then thinking about the NFC, man, power versus power, strength versus strength. What about takeaways? We saw how critical they were for the Niners against the Cowboys, though their offense wasn't able to do anything, right? So you got to produce something after you grab those takeaways. Your defense works so hard for them. You need to come up with more than a pair of field goals. Even with those two takeaways, uh, it was 9-9 to in the third quarter, and the Cowboys and the Niners were dead even. So many weapons on both sides of the ball. When I think about, and that applies to the AFC too. These are the four best teams, clearly. But when I think about the work that has been done on the offensive side of the ball, the rosters, uh, the way that we've seen them add pieces, Christian McCaffrey in the midseason and and clearly having Brock Purdy. uh, I know that it seems like he came out of nowhere for a lot of people who are outside the San Francisco locker room and away from uh, their practice facility. But what did Kyle Shanahan tell us just yesterday or, or this week? They had no choice but to keep Brock Purdy on their 53-man roster because he was too good to lose. There was no way they were going to put him on the practice squad and watch another team come in and grab him, right? So he he forced them to keep three quarterbacks until Trent obviously got hurt. And wait, did I Trent? Why do I? Why does that feel like that's not right? (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo and what's his first name? Trey. Trey, thank you. The second I said it, I don't know why I was thinking Trent. I apologize for that. See, I can never make fun of anybody else who gets a name wrong because... Now, I would never call Roger Goodell Roger Goodell, so that's where I draw the line, but (laughs) now and then... I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell. Here's your CEO. You just paid $4.6 billion or whatever they paid for the Broncos, the, the Walton Penner family. Do you think that made Roger Goodell feel really small? Like there's the Walmart world, there's the Walmart fortune, and then there's the NFL. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> this is how it feels, Roger. <laughs> Definitely didn't make him feel good. Sorry about that, Trey Lance. But I'm telling you, the second I said it, it did not feel right. So please forgive me. His name is Jason Taylor. <laughs> I'm in good company. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you the mistake I made earlier. I'm hoping no one goes and listens to the podcast. That's all I'm saying. Jay just cocked his head like, what? No, we need more people to hear that. I I was going to try to play it off like it never happened, but I couldn't do it with a straight face. So at least I own up to my mistakes. Charles Barkley has people all around him who correct him instantly or laugh at him and then correct him instantly. (laughs) Jason Taylor. Yes, for sure. His name is Jason Taylor. <laughs> His name is Trent Lance. 
<laughs> it is now. No, stop it. <laughs> Here's the deal. When it comes to the Niners, maybe it's a brain fart with me because I don't know if it was pre, it might have been pre you, but for the first like four months of George Kittle emerging on the scene, I just kept calling him Greg. No idea why. Greg Kittle. Greg Kittle. Every, I mean, people were laughing at me on social. You dumbass. It's George. And I know it's George. We'll hug him and squeeze him and call him George. Right? So I knew his name was George. It just sometimes doesn't come out right. But like I say, I own it. And I call a dodo a dodo when I'm in fact being a dodo. I will name him George and I will hug him and pet him and squeeze him. I'll never again forget that his name is George or give him the wrong name. I didn't forget. I knew it. <laughs> We're trying to be serious around here, Producer Jay. What is happening? Hey, Jason Kelsey. We know you're locked in, but did you hear what's happening with your brother? If you guys uh, haven't heard this, this is hysterical. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's whiteboard material, but it did definitely catch Jason off guard when Travis Kelsey told him what Bengals fans are calling his home stadium getting everybody fired up we are the loudest stadium in the world on record 42 142 decibels did you guys break the record this week i don't know i don't know maybe uh we're gonna have to break it this week because uh, a lot of cincinnati Bengals fans are calling it burrowhead instead of burrowhead whoa yeah uh, that <laughs> disrespect one, the arrowhead they're, continues they're throwing, they're throwing they're throwing a lot of bulletin board material out there i don't root but i would be overjoyed for these two guys to continue playing all the way through the Super Bowl because they're such great personalities, obviously incredible at what they do, but also such uh, great personalities. So, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> we've got, I'm telling you, my newest guilty pleasure is the newest Heights, uh, I'm sorry, the new Heights show with the, the Kelsey brothers. It's amazing. You guys should check it out. I mean, is it sacrilegious if I tell you it's better than Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee? <gasps> what if I tell you that it's better then Tom Brady on Let's Go. I'm offended. I knew it. Jay was looking for it. The second I mentioned Aaron Rodgers, he's like looking for his drop. Do you need me to keep talking until you find it? Now Jay- it's ruined. No, it's not ruined. Play it so people know exactly what you're doing back there. You're like a mad scientist searching for things on the internet. I'm offended. How could you possibly say that? I mean, you're right. It would have been a lot better if you had it ready. <laughs> You missed your you missed your cue, Jay. You missed your cue. Just have it in the have it in the queue. Just always have it on deck. Just uh, yeah, on deck. There you go on the tweet deck. Always have it on the tweet deck. Uh, all right, we'll get back to football. I promise. Uh, part of my conversation with Amy Trask of that other pregame show, CBS Sports, of course, longtime CEO and member of the Raiders front office. We talked about the new hire in Carolina, where Frank Reich gets picked up. I don't want to say off the scrap heap, but he's not. He gets picked up off the unemployment line. He's not there for very long. Uh, We know that in Dallas, Mike McCarthy is staying. I mean, I try to tell you guys that. Dan Quinn is not going anywhere. He says there's unfinished business in Dallas, wants to win a championship with the Cowboys. No definitive word yet on Kellen Moore, but six other coaches gone in Dallas. Is I wouldn't say it's a house cleaning, but they're definitely making changes, maybe some philosophy a little bit too. Uh, and so there's plenty of positions open, but little by little, there are a few getting filled. Nathaniel Hackett, the new offensive coordinator in New York, and obviously the the narrative. I mean, it's it's cute, right? 
that they hired him just so it would be a more attractive trade destination for for Aaron Rodgers. But here's why I debunk that. This is why it doesn't make any sense. Because Aaron Rodgers doesn't get a say in where he goes. I, I suppose he could put up a stink. Maybe the Packers would ask him. But if they send him to the AFC, there's only so many destinations And remember, Rodgers doesn't have the leverage unless he's going to retire. That's his option. But if he doesn't retire and the Packers decide to pivot to Jordan Love, well, they can send him wherever they would like. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. So so that's weird to me. I don't know why then would the Jets be more attractive, quote-unquote, if they hired Nathaniel Hackett, who does have a pre-existing relationship with Aaron, but... It doesn't matter because Aaron doesn't really have a say. He's not going to pick the Jets. He can't pick anyone. He's he's going to go where the team sends him, I think. Do you think he could threaten to retire or sit out if he doesn't get to go to? Yeah, I guess he could put up a stink. And he's oh, been there do you think so... he's going to be a diva? He might. Again, he, he's been there so long. I'm offended. He would... <laughs> think maybe they'd do the right thing by him if he help him go somewhere he wants to go. I don't know. They don't know. They don't have to. What but... if he wants to go to Minnesota, like Brett Favre did? <laughs> Yeah, he eventually got there. They won't take him in Detroit. Detroit's happy. They got their quarterback. Oh, that's sacrilegious. The Lions beat them twice this season, and they would rather have Jared Goff than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what it says. I'm just rambling right now. I am not. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. We'll get back to the football. We'll let you hear from Amy Trask about some of the coaching moves and, and Sean Payton. Is he worth the wait? But there was quite a battle down the stretch in Boston between the Knicks and the Celtics. Working on Tatum across the lane to Brunson. Five to shoot. Pull up at the foul lines. Good. Jalen Brunson with 29. Knicks leading by 12 again. 640 left. Jalen ducks the shoulder. Drives strong. Gets to the cup and lays it in. He just, he went draw play third and long. Tatum attacking Sims. Goes in deep. Lays it up with the right hand and scores. Tatum now starting to go into overdrive. He's up to 28, 28 now. Tatum will walk it across half court. We've entered minute 48. Boston down by two. They trail by 13 earlier in the fourth. Tatum against Randall. Down the right side. Elevates. Lays it up and in. And we've got a brand new ball game. Wow. What makes you laugh, doggone it, makes you cry. <laughs> that uh, last cut there, last bite with Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell on Celtics radio before that Ed Cohen on Knicks radio. And yeah, it was a 26 to 8 run that erased a Knicks double figure lead in the fourth quarter. Before I move on, I want to say this, and I didn't know this, so Dale Arnold, longtime uh, play-by-play announcer for the Bruins, as well as a radio personality in Boston, radio and TV. He posted this after the Celtics game. Again, I know this is a tangent, but congratulations to Sean Grandy for reaching the 2,000-game plateau. And then Dale goes on to say one of the best play-by-play announcers ever in Boston. So I was I I was texting with Sean earlier, but said to him, congratulations, and he writes back, Who counted all of those games? Uh, Sean's awesome, and he raises the bar with the Celtics and their play-by-play. He's doing some TV now as well on the road. But night after night, he sets the standard for NBA play-by-play. I'm so proud to call him my friend and to learn from him. We always love having him on the show, so congratulations to Sean Grady. Oh, and yes, the game did go into overtime. So on his 2000th game anniversary or his 2000 game milestone. He ends up having to work a little longer at the garden up by one. The Knicks 
foul Jalen Brown. Now, he had been five for five at the line before he heads there with about seven seconds to go in OT. Jalen, 79% of the year, five for five tonight. First one, no. Pressure bus fights, man. And it mounts heavily here as Jalen needs the second one to tie it with 7.6 to go. The Knicks do have one timeout left. Brown lines up the second. Dips and knees, spins it, on the way, and no good short. Barrett the rebound. Six seconds, Barrett's fouled by Horford with 5.7 to go. Shaylen Brown not just missing the first two free throws, but short on both, and Barrett's going to shoot two with the Knicks up 118-117 with 5.7 to go in OT. Those two missed free throws kind of embodied like the whole game, you know, for me. Didn't really get it going, didn't give my team enough energy to win. And that's what happens when you don't come out and uh, give your best. Jalen lamenting his late game struggles. And there was a stretch there where he wasn't involved in the game at all, hadn't touched the ball. And this is as uh, the the Celtics are falling behind by first six, then eight, then double figures, and ultimately 13 points before they rallied. Uh, he goes one of eight from beyond the arc, but yeah, had been perfect at the stripe until those two misses. Once again, Sean Grandy, Cedric Maxwell, Ed Cohen on the different radio networks. So the Celtics have now dropped three in a row. Huge victory for the Knicks, obviously. Julius Randle, he had someone on his mind post-game. Uh, if you remember, he was a teammate of Kobe Bryant's late in his career. It was on my heart heavy. Um, you know, just texting with my wife back and forth uh, before the game. Uh, it's a tough day. Uh, Vanessa, uh, you know, the whole family, I said my prayers for you guys today. Uh, love you guys dearly, man. So uh, it's a tough day, but. You know, hopefully he's looking down and he's proud on the way the game is played because, you know, he's an anchor. He's a pioneer this game. Three years Thursday. It feels like an eternity, obviously, uh, because he's he's been gone and he left such a void. Um, and so I honestly, when I was look, thinking about it, three years just didn't seem right. But yeah, three years and I can remember every moment of that day like it happened yesterday. I appreciate what Julius Randle had to say on TNT. And then if you look over social media, a lot of tributes, uh, videos and photos. And I think my favorites are the ones with he and his daughter and the gigantic smiles. And he called her a mini me. So uh, they had such a great relationship and he had turned into an incredible husband and daddy after his career was over. We're going to turn our attention back to football. A little bit of time with Amy Trask, our whole conversation available on our podcast when the show is done and then a little more on these championship games coming up on Sunday though I promise no more trash talk I mean I can't promise for Willie Gay what exactly impresses you about the Bengals offense nothing and he didn't just say it once he doubled down nothing and so so Jamar Chase what about Willie Gay and his trash talking you're not going to play it, Jay? I'm looking at you. You're not going to play it? Willie, the linebacker. Yeah. I ain't got no response to him. We're going to get him. I ain't got no response. I got no response, but he's a linebacker? Wait, who? Willie. Willie? The linebacker. <laughs> love how he says that. It's so good. I'm going to miss this when football is done. <laughs> Although, Joel Embiid's a pretty good trash talker himself. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, Forge Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. I think our foundation is clearly stronger. You know, it's stronger than uh, today than where we were last year, just because we have more experience. Um, you know, we have younger guys that clearly improved. Um, you know, I'm looking for this, you know, this draft class. This draft class is clearly the best of the three, and you know, I think that it gives us a chance. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is the voice of Mike McCarthy on Thursday. Not only. Announcing that Dan Quinn would be, or confirming that Dan Quinn would be sticking around as defensive coordinator, forsaking other head coaching jobs, but also saying he never believed his job was in jeopardy because he speaks to Jerry Jones on a regular basis. Couple of notes, and then we'll let you hear from Amy Trask. Did you know that Mike McCarthy, as the head coach, has guided the Cowboys to their first back-to-back playoff appearances since the late 90s in Chan Gailey? Nothing to sneeze at. And did you also know, back-to-back 12-win seasons. And with Dan Quinn, led the NFL in takeaways for that defense. It's the first time a team has done that, going back to the early 70s and the Steel Curtain. There's a lot to like about these Cowboys, even as they do now replace six coaches, and we await word on their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I did talk to Amy about the Cowboys and some of the other movement in this kind of slowly uh, winding coaching carousel. But we started with Frank Reich. He is the former quarterback of the Carolina Panthers and now full circle as their new head coach. And I asked Amy Trask, CBS Sports analyst, longtime Raider CEO, what Frank brings to the table. Well, certainly, as you noted, he has a history with the organization, uh, was their quarterback uh, many, many, many years ago, and he is a very, very well-respected coach uh, throughout the league. And it's not mutually exclusive to say that Steve Wilkes did a tremendous job there and had the absolute support of the locker room. Players spoke out saying they wanted to play for Steve, and he may well have gone on to do terrific things with that team, 
so too may Frank. Those two comments are not mutually exclusive, and I hope Steve gets another chance somewhere else. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Frank does. And by the way, how exciting is this for Frank and for <laughs> Panthers fans and Colts fans? I, the Colts go to Carolina next year, so that should be an interesting matchup. The Panthers are an example of a franchise in recent memory who have just continue to change. That's really been the constant for the Panthers, for the Colts, for the Browns, even for the Giants uh, before this year with Brian Dayball. How does it affect the players and the coaches in a locker room? Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that about the Panthers because since Ron Rivera was terminated, they've been through, if you count, interim head coaches. You know, they had Ron Rivera, who they fired. They've had two interim head coaches. They've had Matt Rule, who they fired. They have been changing coaches a lot since Ron was terminated. And, right. you know, Ron was there for a while, but then they haven't been able to find someone that they were satisfied with. Although, again, I'll note that Steve did a tremendous job, really, without a lot of assets um, in, in in various positions on the team. Um, and, boy, if you look at the list of quarterbacks right. Carolina has been through since Cam Newton – it just goes on and on and on and on. So you're right. There hasn't been stability there at coach or at quarterback. I have this phrase that I use on the radio about sports in general, but it certainly does apply to several NFL franchises. Constant change equals constant losing. There is a correlation between the two. When all you're doing is pulling out uh, the plants that you've put down, they never have a chance to grow roots. And everybody else is in constant flux as well. You know, it's an interesting conundrum because if something really, really isn't right and you absolutely know it's not right and can't work, a very strong argument can always be made that consistency simply for the sake of consistency doesn't work well at times. But to your point, you're absolutely right. If you don't give a plant a chance to grow its roots. By the way, great analogy to bring plants into this. I love that. And by the way, I do not have a green thumb. So while we're on the plant concept, I'll just let you know that when I put plants in the ground, I explain to them that it's going to be the Darwin theory in my garden. (laughs) Only the strongest plants are going to survive. Survival of the fittest. (laughs) Right. Listen, plants, I'm putting you in the ground, and only the strong plants are going to be able to live here. (laughs) My lack of a green thumb aside, you know, it's a great analogy used because you really do need plants to take root in order to survive. But again, you don't want consistency for the sake only of consistency. And I think that's a very fine line between those two. It does seem to happen that when one team hires a particular type of coach, offensive coordinator comes from Sean McVay's staff, something along those lines, a lot of the other teams will try that pattern. Who are a couple of other names out there that you think will make solid head coaches or at least should get shots and opportunities? Well, D'Amico Ryans is obviously a name that, is and should be atop the list of many teams. But another name uh, is David Shaw. David Shaw, most recently the head coach at Stanford. Yeah. And, you know, I can't say enough good things about David. And by the way, I went to Cal. So here's this <laughs> Cal girl raving about a Stanford head coach. But I had the opportunity to work with David when he was with the Raiders. And I just think the world of him. I actually loved him in college because – If I had a son 
or a daughter who is a collegiate athlete, he is precisely the man I would want coaching them. So I loved that he was in college. The only day I rooted against him during the year was when Stanford played Cal. But I think he would also be a tremendous head coach in the National Football League. I got to ask you this question because I asked my audience and we got a pretty diverse reaction. Which team suffered the more disappointing end to its season? Buffalo or Dallas? Yes. The answer is yes. I'll go with option C. Tremendously disappointing for both. You know, I I guess the only thing that would push me a bit to the Buffalo side of that equation is Buffalo was home for that playoff game. Dallas was on the road. Buffalo has one of the most magnificent home field environments. Those fans are cacophonous, very, very hard place to go. And by the way, as I talk about this, I think I'm having, you know, PTSD about us going there in the playoffs and losing 51 to three. Uh, And we lost there another time in the playoffs. And I raise that because it is a hard, hard place for a visiting team to win. So, you know, my answer is tremendously disappointing for both teams, but I guess I would give the edge to Buffalo simply because they were at home. And the snow. It was tailor-made for Buffalo winning the snow, except the Bengals didn't get that memo. Could you call it? I was trying to come up with some way to do the Burrow play, like Burrow head, but something to do with Buffalo. I mean, leave it to the fans that are much more creative than me. (laughs) It's a Burlow. Oh, Joe, Joe Falo. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> I tried. I'm offended. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Novak Djokovic now into the third set and is attempting to break Tommy Paul to start this set. Uh, if you missed it earlier, man, it was an incredible rally by Tommy. He was trailing 5-1 in the first set, and Novak had some issue with the chair umpire. We're not watching with sound on. I don't know what the problem was, but he's arguing with the chair umpire, and it clearly got him out of his rhythm. Uh, mentally kind of affected him. It impacted him because Tommy Paul then rattled off four games in a row, and they were tied at five. He did have an opportunity there before that first set was done. Novak ended up pulling it out 7-5, and then he had a couple break points in the second set but couldn't quite grab that momentum back. So 6-1 Djokovic in the second set, and now here they are beginning the third set, and this is for a spot in the Australian Open final. I mean, my goodness. Brad Heller, I make your job so easy sometimes. Thank you. You're welcome. I was just going to say, I don't need to say it now. You took care of that. <laughs> cross that off. Cross off tennis. It is kind of cool when we have live events, uh, even as we're on the air. It's my favorite. But it's and hard so to it, keep up, right? Yeah, when, it do- doesn't happen so often. So it's nice when you can actually, like, you know, sit sit in the studio and see, like, wow, there's actually something real going on. And it's not highlights from, like, 12 hours ago. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's cool. It's international stuff. So World Cup and tennis and some of the golf events, too. But, yeah, you're welcome. No problem. It's a Friday. I'm feeling good on a Friday. I, want I to be always generous. appreciate it. <laughs> Anything else you want to get in there? I no, mean, you want... no, I'm done. Okay, all right. I mean, all unless right. you're going to give me your paycheck. Well, we can negotiate <laughs> off the air. Sweet. All right. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Mm-hmm. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Suspect hands exactly. Boston and look at Wojo. That's Whoa, whoa he's got here. What is he doing here? What is McGlure doing? Wojo is hurt. Well, McGlure wouldn't let him go. That was crazy. Wojo trying to straighten out his back here. Stretch it out. Yeah, I don't know why McGlure just didn't relax and he had him twisted up inside. Now here you see. Patchett didn't want to throw that ball in there, Jim, because he knows McGlure doesn't have good hands or the move that he's going to make. Now, oh. see, he has him right here. All he has to do is relax and let him alone. It's ridiculous. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Many of you recognize that familiar voice, the one of Billy Packer, along with Jim Nance, an Elite Eight game going back to 1998 between Duke and Kentucky and a skirmish breaking out and Billy Packer providing the analysis. If you hadn't heard sad news to pass along, Packer died on Thursday night, according to his family, at 82 years old, ultimately passed away because of kidney failure. He'd been hospitalized in Charlotte for the past three weeks and was dealing with several medical challenges, uh, but ultimately it was kidney failure uh, that got him. There are some really amazing photos posted by his son of the family uh, on Twitter if you wanted to check it out. Um, so widely renowned for the work he did uh, during the NCAA tournament more than 30 years. He was a staple in our homes for 30-plus marches. And so to hear his voice uh, brings back so many memories. Uh, it, this is a guy who said he never wanted to be a broadcaster, and yet... Uh, when he stepped into the chair in the early 70s, he didn't give it up again until 2008. So sad to hear that news, thinking of the family this morning. and certainly a lot of college basketball fans feeling his loss. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Just a few minutes before we hit the top of the hour. So we're keeping you updated on what's happening down under in Melbourne. Uh, right now, Novak Djokovic is on cruise control. So he's regained all his stability and his dominance and... I'd love to see Tommy Paul out there fighting and getting his first taste of a Grand Slam semi, uh, but they're into the third set now, and Paul has yet to win a game here, so Novak's serving to make it for love in the third set, and of course, uh, three sets then would end up being the end. Uh, Novak would move on to the championship where, by the way, he's chasing his 10th Australian Open final. And we know it means a little more to him uh, because of what happened last year where he was deported from the country over his vaccination status and also uh, keeping an eye on his 
heavily taped left thigh. There are a few times where he has bent over on his racket to stretch it out. That and his hamstring, which are a little bulky earlier in the tournament. I'm just so happy to see an American on the stage again uh, and, and playing in this match. It's been such a long time, back since 2009, that we've had an American in the semifinals of uh, the Australian Open. So I think it speaks of good things to come this year in 2023 for the red, white, and blue on both sides, actually, uh, the men's and the women's draws. All right, turning our attention to a little more of the NFL. Uh, For those of you who think the Dallas Cowboys never had a shot against the San Francisco 49ers, really it was the defense that kept him in it and the defense that made that a tough win for the Niners. And actually, Brock Purdy has a thank you of sorts because as he gets ready to face the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship, he believes that the Cowboys self-prepare him. Real-world experience. I do think it was one of the best defenses that I've seen, that our team has seen this year. Um, and obviously, you know, this week's going to be a great challenge with the front that, you know, Philadelphia has. So um, I thought it was a good game to have and, you know, to work through and learn from, um, you know, for this week's matchup. Anytime you play a team with good players and a good scheme, um, it's just sound defense. And when you play sound defenses, there's not a lot of holes schematically. Um, you just, so you try to put guys in position to beat their players, and um, they got pretty good players too. And on top of it, when you have a real good pass rush with good back end with all seven of those guys, it just combines for making everything more difficult. And um, that's usually what you see this time of year. I think that's exactly how our defense is. And um, they'll come after you. They'll do what's needed to keep you off. But anytime you have a team that doesn't have to do that because they can cover with good players, have seven guys versus four guys, keep people in the help protection, then you have um, seven guys versus three guys. Um, all that stuff becomes a factor and just makes allows teams to be more sound, which makes it a lot harder to get big explosives. The Eagles will definitely get to the quarterback. They had four guys with 10-plus sacks this season. I mean, that you want to talk about balance, but also that's what Kyle Shanahan is referring to, is that they can get to you without bringing extra pressure. They can get to you simply because they're that damn good and because their push is that bold up front. So the Eagles' defense overall was second in the NFL uh, against the rush. They were tied for 16th, but against the pass, Eagles defense against the pass, number one in the league. As for the 49ers, we know their defense is uh, real good as well. And they're a team that makes you pay for mistakes. I mean, both these teams do. What I love about the Niners, though, um, is they're brash, they're bold, uh, they'll batter you, they'll bruise you. Uh, They obviously understand the importance of the lines, which is something Nick Sirianni was talking about this week, too. And they'll make you pay for those mistakes that you make. I love the ball hawking ability of both of these defenses. Uh, So there's this debate going on about whether or not we're going to see a bunch of points in this game. Is it going to be more along the lines of field goal season uh, like it was for Cowboys Niners, or will we see these two offenses break out in a different way? They both have so many weapons. Uh, I mean, if it's a low-scoring game, A.J. Brown would like you to remember that he is happy for you to throw the ball his direction. I'm never the receiver to, to, to go on the sideline or to try, try to cause like problems on the sideline. I'm not that guy. I think... I think that's what you can describe as a diva or whatever the case may be, but I'm not that person. You know, I'm a guy who goes and talks to the quarterback or talk to the OC and uh, do it do it that way. You know, I'm not going to try to cause cause commotion on the sidelines. I'm not, I'm not, that's not who I am. I'll never be that guy. 
If you throw the ball to me a hundred times, I'm gonna want it a hundred and one times. Me personally, I just feel like I can change the game, you know, in a moment, you know, and uh, you know, getting the ball often, you know, keeps you going, keeps you in the rhythm, you know. Uh, it definitely just puts you in the zone. You're locked in, and and of course, you know, of course, I want the ball. A.J. Brown, a big move for Howie Roseman and the Eagles this season. Um, their number one guy, and yes, he wants the ball 101 times, but I dare say that's not going to happen against the Niners. Uh, the Niners are first in the league in being stingy. They're tops in stinginess. They only allow 16.3 points per game. Were you guys listening yesterday morning when our friend John Kincaid boldly predicted that the Eagles would have 17 points at halftime? They give up 16.3 points per game. Now, he had all these reasons why their stats and their their wins are built against teams with losing records, yada, yada, yada. I say that defense matches up and stands up against pretty much anyone. But, man, it could be strength on strength and power on power. So that one should be a lot of fun. One of the crazier things I heard on Thursday, the Bengals are going to go into Arrowhead and blow out the Chiefs. I guess anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> Sounds like a rooster. <laughs> I know AJ Brown reminding us that he has a sense of humor. Uh, Joe Burrow knows they got to take care of that football. If you're going to want to win, you can't can't really turn the ball over, especially in, in games like this. If if you want to go win the game, and as a defense, you're always trying to cause turnovers, and so you, know, you try to find the balance of taking your shots and taking risks and pushing the ball down the field and also, you know, taking care of the ball, especially when your defense is playing so well. They know us and we know them. And, you know, we're all searching for that little extra thing that you can throw at them. So we've played each other enough to, you know, we're, we're I'm sure both sides feel that way. I don't think there's going to be a real limitation with Patrick Mahomes, except that his mobility may not be the same. We know the Jaguars were trying to force him to move around. He got hit a lot against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can the Bengals do that too? It's just, here's my only thing. When people start pointing out that the Bengals have a 10-game win streak, I do think that that's critical. Obviously, it's a big deal to win two games in a row in the NFL and to have 10 in a row, which is a franchise record. They've got a ton of momentum. But, and here's my but, they blew out the Bills. They did not do that against the Ravens. I mean, they were at home against Baltimore, and they, if not for 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Sam Hubbard, if not for Tyler Huntley trying to reach the ball over the top, that could have looked a whole lot different too. So, yeah, they blew out the Bengals, and, or oh, sorry, the Bills, and that was one hell of a performance, and the Bills were not ready. They were flat-footed. They were beat in every phase of the game. But the Bengals were pretty close to being upset themselves in the wild card game. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think you can just look at momentum and say, okay. Or, or this idea that the Bengals have the Chiefs number. That also doesn't matter when you're talking about playoffs, when you're talking about a stage as big as this one with everything on the line. Uh, and so all these guys now know they're one step away from the Super Bowl and I think about this a lot. Numbers, analytics, stats, formulas, they can tell you some things, they can maybe help you make decisions. But when it comes to games like this, you do not know how the human brain, how the human heart, how the human body, how the team will react. That kind of stuff can't be measured. Heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears. Let's go. It's championship weekend. Only the 
strong survive. No, that's not true. Only the best teams will survive to tee it off in Arizona. I can't believe we're down to this three games. How is that? Whoa. It's coming to an end. We better enjoy it. Talk to you Sunday night. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.